What the hell's the name of this thing? The Ballsy Podcast. Hosted by the award-winning Evan Grant. This is my baby, and these two were just along riding my carpet, my carpet tail. Kevin Sherrington. I did not choose the dance life, it chose me. Barry Horn. You know what my intention is? When's the last time that anybody has ever asked you a question? No one's ever asked me a question. I'm married. Get ready for the most listened to sports podcast in Dallas-Fort Worth. I'm Evan Grant, and this is Ballsy. I'm Kevin Sherrington. And I'm Barry Horn. Simply subscribe to the Ballsy Podcast on iTunes. You know we're on Facebook and Twitter, too. Just search Ballsy Podcast. That's Ballsy with a Z. So sit back, relax, that's relax with an X, and enjoy another edition of the Ballsy with a Z Podcast. Yes, welcome into another edition of the Ballsy Podcast brought to you by the Dallas Morning News. We are going to talk Mavericks today, or are we going to talk Mavericks? We're going to talk NBA free agency. The Mavericks don't seem to be doing just a whole lot, and we are here in the lavish studios of the Morning News with Evan Grant, the Ranger beat writer. We'll talk some Rangers later in the day, and we're also going to talk to Kevin Sherrington. I'm Sean Bass of The Ticket. Good to be with you once again. Uh, I had last week off, so it's good to be back talking to you boys. How are we doing today? Super. I'm I think good. Evan's in a coma. I'm good. I'm I'm good. I'm. Uh, you know what? I was a little bit late in setting up my computer here because I have to get to all my NBA stuff. Are the Spurs still in San Antonio? <laughs> yes, they are. <laughs> okay. yeah, they used to be the Dallas Chaparrales. Hey, uh, is it? You were actually late because you were unpacking all your Rangers uh, we'll, memorabilia. We'll get to that later in the Rangers <laughs> stuff. I, I I can't even right now. There's a very wheels off Cole Hamill's action figure that's been very distracting. We will talk about that later, maybe in the Ranger yeah. portion of the podcast this week on Ballsy. But good to be back with you guys again this week, and it's been a very active NBA free agency that opened up on Friday at 11 p.m. But there was much action last week leading up to the uh, the opening of free agency, and there hasn't been hardly any Maverick uh, action because they've decided that they are going to pay big dollars to Nerlens Noel. I mean, he's still going to, I guess, hear offers from a few select other teams, but you would expect a lot of dollars and years be uh, heading his way soon. Then Dirk Nowitzki doesn't get his option picked up for next year, which makes sense. That was a big price tag at $25 million, so Dirk wants them to max out Nerlens or come close to it, see what else they can do as far as a small move, and then Dirk's going to take what whatever's left and really – if you're watching how things are playing out, aren't you? Isn't it sort of refreshing to see the Mavericks not even try to attempt to swing for a home run and whiff like they have so often in free agency? It's refreshing. I think. I think it is. As a fan, yeah, I'm really kind of happy. Yeah, the Mavericks are at the same point that any franchise is in any sport. Uh, it, you're not close, mm-hmm. you know. So when you're not close, why would you be going out and spending big money on somebody? Now's and, the time you unload those contracts. And the years of the midnight meetings and hoping that some player that might be worth the money he's about to get can come sign here. Those days aren't aren't here right now, and it's it's a bit of a departure over what we've seen over the past five to ten years, and really the almost the whole time that Mark Cuban's been the owner. And I think you know understanding what they did in the draft, getting Dennis Smith Jr. Uh, understanding that Dirk's in his last few years here, he's going to be here, knowing that Nerlens is a pretty sure thing. What you're doing, and with Harrison Barnes now in tow, you're sort of crafting a young core that can grow and develop as Dirk sort of you know makes his exit from uh, his playing career. And I'm fine if they don't go spend stupid money on you know some of these players that are getting stupid money on the market. Yeah, the only thing that that would as a uh, we're taping this on Monday morning. If I'm a Mavericks fan, I'm a little bit worried that Nerlens Noel didn't just go ahead and sign something right away. Yeah, I think we some somewhat expected him to just go ahead and 
sign on the dotted line, and maybe that news even come out before uh, before 11 p.m. Friday. But I guess there is a level of apprehension there, but I don't know if there's just a ton of teams that are really clamoring to sign him to a big offer sheet that the Mavericks need to match. Yeah, his numbers, you know, weren't great. He's, you know, like what he averaged, 6.8 rebounds, 8-something points. And know. the injury proneness that sure. he's had in his career. I mean, and that, yeah. is, that is a big risk for the Mavericks on the other side. You have a young who's big and can run that I think is – Sort of an ideal big for this day and age of the NBA and how how teams go about their business. But, you know, what if they do lock him up to a $20, 25000000 million a year contract and, you know, he gets injured a couple of times down the road? The ownership's going to be criticized, but when you've been a franchise so devoid of having a good big man for pretty much the duration of your franchise, it's hard to argue with spending dollars on that type of player. Yeah, you know, and I don't have a problem with that either. You know, here's the great thing about the NBA is that these contracts are no more than four or five years. Uh, if, the, if MLB had uh, this kind of uh, a model, then the Rangers wouldn't be held hostage by Shin Su Chu. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and that, that's the kind of thing. If you, if you, and you yeah, look, but the NBA has a hard cap and baseball doesn't. Yeah, it so. does. And that, but here's the thing. You can get, as, we, as we've seen happen here, you keep a guy for a couple of years, he doesn't work out. A lot of times you can trade out of that third or fourth year. So, or buy, and, out, and, the guy. I, I or buy mean, out the guy. It's not a big deal. If we start, we start comparing those, those things, look, MLB salaries are ridiculously reasonable for, for, and, and club-friendly for the first six years. Uh, it's after those six years yeah. in big leagues. Uh, and, and I don't know how many players you get in the NBA that you get six consecutive years of service from. Well, I don't know how many you get from uh, in the in the MLB either. Uh, I mean, a rookie deal is only four in the right. NBA. Yeah, so, right. Um, so that's but, that's a good thing. It, that, that I'm, we're getting off track here. Here's my question for you guys: As the uninformed guy in this group, I understand where the Mavs are. I mean, it, it's pretty plain to see where the Mavs are. But have Mark Cuban and uh, Donnie Nelson and Donnie Nelson? Yes, I, I'm I'm aware. Um, and Rick Carlisle, has, have, has anybody said beyond the end of last year, you know, and, and yes, we were tanking at the end of last year. Right. Have they said this is going to be a growth and development season for this club? No, they never They never admit that kind of thing. Right. They, ne- they never admit anything about it because Mark is always afraid that he won't sell tickets. Right. Yeah, you got to keep that sellout streak. Oh, that, yeah, right? right. Yeah, that's that's the most bogus mm. streak but in But at sports. this point in time, for, for all of your – for all of your season ticket holders, they're all smart enough, right, to know that this team is not going anywhere and that if you do sell it as, hey, watch the next generation of Mavs grow, that might entice them more than, hey, you're signing up for another team that's going to well, win No, no question about that. And, and I, you have Dirk. Yeah. That's I, your selling point. Although I, th- that's the thing we should talk about, I think, too, is uh, with Dirk. You know – Look, I love Dirk. He's one of the greatest of all time. Uh, and certainly one of the greatest Dallas athletes ever. He's in my top two or three of Dallas athletes I'm ever. telling you, I still – we have different – this is a discussion point that you and I have had before and on this show, actually. But for me, the definitions of greatest Dallas athlete, this is where I put Dirk. He's certainly among the greatest Dallas athletes of all time. I think he is the coolest Dallas athlete of all time. And the most beloved, that, I think. Yeah, because he's been loyal. He's been here for forever. He's not afraid to make fun of himself. He's okay with being goofy. Right. He's very human. But I think that's what makes him great yeah. to me. Yeah. He's one of the top 15 NBA players ever, first of all. How many athletes can you say about that about in, in the sport, in the NFL, right. in, in, uh, in the MLB? And how many athletes have been with – 
one of the big four here in town. Nobody, that long. nobody, nobody's but nobody's played for their franchise that long. Right, uh, and so so that makes a big difference. Sure. Too. So, uh, but but have, your point on under having said all of that, is it really a good idea for him to be playing for two more years? Yes. You think so? I think so. Well, why is that? I think that he is still he is still a scoring big that can stretch you out, and he, as Rick Carlisle always says, he can create different geometry with certain matchups. Now he is a defensive liability, and that's really become glaring in the past two years. And him hurting his Achilles last year and missing a good chunk of the season that gives you a level of concern. But he also is thirty nine and been very durable. I think just because. There's no expectation to win, and if you want to build a winning culture with a young core moving forward, having a guy like Dirk Nowitzki, who's now willing to take dramatically less money than you know he was making just a few years ago, to be Papa Smurf in the room and you know help help you know craft a winning culture with young guys like Dennis Smith Jr. and Harrison Barnes and the like, I think that's nothing but a good thing. And look, it's still a business. <laughs> Dirk, and, and I, Dirk I, is still going to put butts in seats, and he's still going to be uh, climbing up the all-time scoring list over the next two years. My assumption with Dirk here, too, is that given all the, the steps that he's taken, he's going to be okay with reducing his role as it comes to continue the growth aspect of the club and spending more time as mentor than as I, I don't know. Well, I don't know. I don't know if he'll ever come off the bench because I don't know if Rick will ever – Say, okay, you're going to be our sixth guy. Yeah, I think Rick would be uncomfortable with that, and I think Dirk would be uh, uncomfortable with that. I you think, think he, he would? I, I don't yeah. know if Dirk would be uncomfortable with yeah, that. He considering, might be. considering if they want to make Barnes their true four, and they really want to make Nerlens their true five, mm-hmm. and that's the and they feel good enough in their backcourt, and they have that set, and he understands that's growing together. I could see Dirk. I mean, what about his personality would say that he would raise a fuss over coming uh, off the bench at I, age that's, 40? That's what I – again, but that, that but all fits with, with my vision of who he is. But why would he come back? Why come back at all? Why not just ride off into the sunset after this season and say, you know what, I, I went out as a, as a champion here and as, as the – I played 20 years. Why keep playing and then just have a, a marginalized he enjoys role? enjoys it. He's a baller. He still goes down in the dungeon with Holger at age 39. I mean, that's just what he is. He does. And his his kids aren't old enough yet to really be compromising a lot of his, uh, the bulk of his time, like, say, some other athletes that want to see their kids, you know, do stuff. All right. So so here's the other side of all this, uh, whether Dirk wants to do this. Look, uh, is he going to come down to $10 million? I don't know if he's going to do that again. Uh, It's probably more likely to be in in the. Eight, I would guess in the fifteen to eighteen million dollar range, that's still a that's still a big chunk of change. Secondly, but our, what, our, what else are you doing with that money right now? With, well, with no, right now to, you're yeah. not doing it. That's why I said this year I'm I'm fine with them coming back. I'm twenty something to Nerlens, and then I doubt they'll do anything outside of the mid level for a free agent. So you're no. you're right. He's probably going to make anywhere from twelve to sixteen million a year yeah. this coming year, and with an option for age forty one. And the, and the other side of that is, is like is. We just, we're talking about developing this team for the future, right? There's no sense that, that they're doing anything now. Uh, does it compromise uh, Harrison Barnes' development as a four? I don't think so. Uh, I, I, I don't know. Though. I'd, I'd like to see him play all the time. I'd, li- I'd, I'd like this because he really had a great year, uh, Barnes did. And, and so we, we saw a lot of development there. Uh, but he, he's still, you know, a long ways from being an upper echelon player. Uh, so – I would like to see that. To me, this is what you're trying to do now is, all right, let's see who can play and and who our future is based around. Because, you know, the whole Seth Curry question, you know, I don't think he's a Maverick after this next year. Uh, And uh, so 
what are you going to do? Wes Matthews is really regressed. And he then, needs to start making some three. He needs to start making some threes. So and 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 his contract will be. This is what the third year going into the third year of his contract. Mm, I believe so. Yeah. So um, you, you know, there's decisions that have to be made, and you have you have to figure things out and and know and, and as much as you can know that this is where these guys need to be. And so we've got this position sewed up. We've got this position sewed up and moving forward. All right, but this team didn't contend in 2016-17. It's not going to contend in 2017-18. Especially right. with how good the West is getting right. Right. Like and, this and week. Ridiculous. And, I mean, we really probably have to expect that a, re- a full rebuild of this club, which is what they're embarking on. Right. is going to take through 2018 and 19 as well. We're talking oh. about another draft pick this year and maybe the following year. Yeah. They, they need to be a lottery, back in the lottery this mm. next year. And, they need, and frankly, they need to be a top five. We need to see some bad basketball. You do? No, I mean, we do. You do. So I, I, fighting for an eight seed could be the worst thing possible because they got lucky in the draft that Dennis Smith fell to them at number nine. Right. Listen, I think, I, and, yeah. and I think the, I think in the NBA more than any other league, the the playoffs squeaking in as an eight seed or a seven seed, I think, is w- more worthless than in any other league. That's the hamster wheel, man. Yeah, yeah it, is. it is. I mean, and I, I grew up with a team that did that year in and year out, and they are still looking at 50 years in, in, in a city and have not won a championship, have not been to an NBA Finals right. since 1970. So I – Making the playoffs isn't good enough. You and, and I think we're also in an era of the NBA building super teams. So you're going to have to take a two- or three-year rebuilding process and construct that to get to the point where then you can add the pieces to become the quote-unquote super team. Luckily, I think people that are willing to go spend money on the NBA product are smart enough to understand that there's about two teams, maybe three, that are going to win the whole thing. Outside of that, those people understand that the night-to-night product in the NBA is really fantastic because the talent level is higher than it's ever been in history. So going and watching a good product, I think, is enough for the consumer. I think it's enough for the fan that stays interested. And knowing that Golden State is probably going to be on a run where they're going to win two, three titles in the next few years, if everybody feels that, then you're okay with the rebuild. You're okay with retooling. You're okay with kids playing and going with different lineups and into your Harrison Barnes point I think we're in such a positionless NBA right now it doesn't matter where he starts the yeah. game in four or three he's going to play the same type of type of brand of am basketball I, am, am, have I become angry old man because just old believe, man I don't know if you're angry or not, you're old man. <laughs> well you know I'm angry yeah. but uh, because I do believe that the the golden era of the NBA was the late 80s early 90s well, it depends on what kind of basketball you like, because you know this is an interesting question that I had when uh, uh, during the playoffs, and, and they were talking about are is Golden State the greatest team ever, and and uh, yeah, it's the greatest team ever from the standpoint of uh, of the, the way you crunch the numbers now and all of the all that kind of stuff says it is. But if you took these guys and put them back in the two point era. Uh, well, there was well, there was no three point shot. I'm not even talking and about the two point era. I mean, I'm I'm talking about like the Lake Show teams of the of the. Well, I know, but that's what I'm saying. When you, when everybody teams. had a great, well, not everybody had, but if you had a great big man, 
boy, then you were you were going right. to win. I think though, and maybe and, this and is, that's I, that's the th- I'm sorry. Go ahead. Sean. I'm just saying maybe this is just me being the younger guy at the table, and I've I remember the late '80s, early '90s, and I've shut very, up, child. Very fond mm-hmm. memories of that. In fact, the Lake Show was my first introduction to great NBA basketball when they were battling the Pistons, and then the Jordan era came along, and that opened up a lot of people's eyes. But I think if you put this brand of basketball with what Golden State or heck even the Spurs' great teams have done over the past decade, that type of space it out ball movement, I think that plays and everybody else back in that day in that physical bully ball back to the basket half court mid-range jumper game I think everybody would have to react to that because the skill level is so high that I think that would have played in any era and it would have probably won in any era do we think the shooters are better today? yes they are they're they're absolutely better better. you have kids coming up in high school that are doing nothing but shooting up deep three-pointers in fact Mark Jackson brought up the whole question uh, a year or two ago about is Seth is Steph Curry good for the NBA because now all these kids are seeing him hitting deep three-pointers pulling up in transition well if kids continue to do that just just out of a numbers game there's going to be x amount of kids that are proficient at that and become right. that becomes their game and that's just what basketball turns into and that's i'm, and, and I'm that's sorry what we're for seeing. hijacking it again. no no right. no it is it's a, the play shooters are much better i just think that if you went back in an era when the, there were no three-point shots and that's why I, that's why we have such shooters done because of the reward sure you know there's no question right. about that it makes mathematical sense and yeah, yeah. statistic sense to do it and again, you don't have to be a you don't have to be a 47 or 48% shooter. You can be a 40% shooter from three-point. And, and get yeah, paid $23 right. million a year like J.J. Redick did. That's right. So uh, if we're getting back to the Mavericks and the question about being entertaining, I think the, the thing to me that would make this entertaining for fans and to be able to stomach the losing is that they're, they're going to become, and they're already becoming, a much more athletic team than they've been. Even last season. They were last in fast break points last year. Yeah. And just getting mm-hmm. Dennis Smith in the draft. And if you sign Nerlens who can run, That'll automatically make you more athletic. And it, yeah, because this, because really, Dennis Smith and you know, I hadn't seen him play a lot, uh, but I saw him play some, and uh, and the athleticism is just off the charts. So this is a guy that could, you know, he needs to work on his defense some. But this is a guy who could go uh, belly button to belly button with Russell Westbrook. You know, th- this is the first time the Mavericks have ever had a You know, when they got Devin Harris. I think Devin Harris was the closest. Well, De- but see, Devin was so willowy, and, you know, he's really fast and quick. He was quick in the half-court game. But he's not sure. physical at mm-hmm. all. So he's not a physical presence like, like – well, no one's a physical presence like Russell Westbrook. But, but uh, No, no one's a physical presence like Chris Christie on the closed beach in New Jersey. Wow, how about that story, <laughs> huh? I, I, love, I love the shot of him looking at the drone, taking a photo. <laughs> Photo of him as he's eating potato salad I just can't or whatever stop that was. Looking at that picture, oh, that's unbelievable, isn't it? That's called power. If you can shut down a beach, no, that's called abuse said. of power. He did say that too. It's like if if you run if you whatever if you got the residence, then you can do this. Basically, yeah. what he's saying is if you could be governor, then you can do this. Yeah. So um, I, I think that will make a big difference on this team <laughs> to have guys who are really athletic and physical. Uh, and and fans will enjoy watching a different kind of basketball because this has been a jump shooting team for a long time. I just go and Kevin, you're the general columnist in the room. I go back to what I feel like this town has become in the 20 years I've been here, in which everything is gauged on the fact that the Cowboys went to eight Super Bowls, you know, between 1970 and 95, and I don't know how much patience a fan base here has for rebuilding i i just don't oh, know the tv numbers are going to go down yeah they will the attendance oh, numbers oh, oh, will i, I go know down. The t- i know the There's tv no numbers will go that. down 
how much disconnect will there be with the overall community? I think once Dirk leaves, that's when a possible disconnect would happen. Yeah. As long as you have that lifeline to the past, I think your general Mavs fan is going to be somewhat engaged. Yeah, when when Dirk, see, but that's the problem with, and and everybody who uh, said that the the Mavericks have done such a poor job and 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 maintaining and building and drafting and whatever, and there's no question there were there were misses in the draft, and I've criticized them for that as well. But what you have to remember is that as long as you had Dirk, who was an all-time NBA player, you had to maximize that as much as you could. And you had to figure out ways to, to try to push this team as far as it could go. Because if you, you couldn't, especially here at the end, you couldn't break down and think, okay, well, we'll just get some younger guys and plug them in. And they're not as good at it as the Spurs are, obviously. They're not as good as, as the Golden State is. But those are kind of the two premier organizations in basketball as and well. And look, you hit, you hit the proverbial home run with Dirk. Right. And and that's hard to do. And what this what this GM and coaching staff going back to Don Nelson tried to do is hit another home run to not just say okay, let's let's surround him with some nice talent. They tried to say okay, let's take the risk versus reward thing. Right. And maximize the potential rewards. And you see it happen in baseball scouting all the time. You see it happen in the NBA too. I mean, that's, that's what they've done. They 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 tried to shoot for for really high levels and came up empty again. It's it's hard to repeat what you did with Dirk Nowitzki because he is, as we just said, one of the fifteen great players maybe in the NBA's history. And man, they might not hit another home run for another twenty five years on a player thirty. Absolutely, I mean, it's, just, it's 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 a generational talent. I mean, Absolutely. You, especially especially when you talk about the NBA, you talk about the NBA draft, and it's it's essentially a one round draft. Essentially, I know it's not even this. a one round. Sometimes draft. it's a five pick draft. Right. Yes. So I mean, when when you've got that kind of limitation, you're you're really hamstrung, and, well, and so you've got to look creative. I think if you can, you know, now we always and I've made these comparisons, like with the Spurs and in Oklahoma City for that matter. Oklahoma City does a great job as well, but Sam Presti had top five picks when he's when he's picking you know Russell Westbrook and he's picking Kevin Durant and he's picking James Harden. That he, thing had three MVP candidates on it. You yeah, know, like absolutely. looking back at the fact that they didn't win a ring, I think is shocking. Well, well they were all pretty young, and I think that True. was that was probably most of the deal. But that's that's the the issue here is, is that even though I said the the Mavericks need to go back in the lottery next year, I have to tell you, I don't have any idea what the draft's supposed to be like oh. next year. But there's like ten people do, and that's that's their job. Yeah, but but if you so to, Seriously, to it's me, it's a cottage industry. Yeah, no, there, there, there's another. And there's another probably dozen who were working on the draft class at 19 right yep. now. So, but if you but if you go back and if you go into next year, and this was a deep draft, and we all heard that and heard that and heard that, and it sure looked like it was. But what if next year goes back to being what it has been in the past? When yeah. sometimes there have been years when there's like two guys or mm-hmm. three guys, you could have the first pick. Go back and look how many times the first pick was a bust. Look how many years where you get like ten euros in the first round that are just projects. Right? Yeah, the teams absolutely. are just rolling the dice. Like we said, you got to try to hit a home run if you can. It's a complete roll of the dice, just like you know. Yesterday was July two, mm-hmm. and in baseball, that's the day that you can start signing. Is Latin it because American you're Jewish? You pronounce July that way? Yes, Jew. No, <laughs> and July. Wow. Um, also, it's December. <laughs> Um, wow! Not not December, no. No, December. No, you, you can't do that then. Not um, that much. Like I work at the ticket, and we can say a lot of like wheels off things, but uh, Jovember, Jovember. I, I don't think uh, we would even dip our toes into those for me waters. every month. Um, that's just kind of a way of life. 
<laughs> but, I, you, you know, July, July 2nd in, in baseball, and, and for the Mavericks fan listening, July 2nd in baseball is the day that you can start signing Latin American teenagers. Mm. The Rangers spent $3.1 million yesterday on eight Latin American teens, all of the oldest of whom is 20, uh, and the rest of them are 16-year-olds. And that's because it's been capped on what they can and spend it's been on the capped. international market. But there's a cottage industry of people right now rating 14- and 15-year-olds in the Dominican Republic. Right. Oh, sure. Yeah. So, uh, it, it <laughs> look, there's people that, that rank basketball players down to six years old or sixth grade. Yeah. You know, that's what we. You're getting some, commits to college for kids that are not even in junior high yet. Right. That's the How world we live in. But that, and that's the, of course, and that's the NBA's problem, too, as, as compared to the other two big sports. Uh, How about go to academies football? like European soccer? Well, they already do go to academies. But I'm, but I'm saying just set up the infrastructure for the team, like the Mavericks Academy. And just oh, you the, each individual organization. Yeah, bring in. Well, I, th- well, I, I mean, they have that what the, the money D- to do it. Isn't that basically what the D League is supposed to be? It's, well, it's supposed, supposed to, be. to be like that. But yeah. it hasn't really worked out that way. You know, the, the problem with the, uh, you know, they're going to, th- I think if college basketball went to the same model as college baseball, you either sign out of high school yep. or you got to play three years or until you turn 21. Right. If you could do that, I, because if you go back and look at the drafts back, back when it had seven rounds, and and you go back and look at how many players that people were getting in the second, third, fourth, fifth round. These were guys who had long NBA careers. Well, and but that's that's the other thing that you're talking about here too, with you know why the draft is so limited, because you've got so many guys who are one and dones mm-hmm. and, and all the Euros, and they are all projects. And sure. the first rookie contract is four years, right? Right. And so guys sign these contracts. It takes them another two or three years to develop, and then all of a sudden when they're ready to contribute. They're on the free agent. And they're trying right. to make big dollars yeah. by capitalizing on a bigger look. Look at Otto Porter uh, Jr., the uh, the third banana with Washington. Had a really good standout year. He had a good percentage of threes. He got offered four for 106 from the Kings, which, by the way, if you're the Kings, why are you trying to spend that dumb money yeah, on a guy right. like that? Who's, who's a fine player, but that just shows you how inflated the cap is continuing to go. And by the way, it was only $99 million this year. It could have been way higher. Sure. Uh, and and that was the thought it was going to be Yeah, high. it was going to be like around 106, 107, yeah. something like that. But man, it's... Uh, <laughs> I look at Cinderius Thornwell, who was the uh, South Carolina kid who led him to the Final Four. Right. And he was a mid to late second rounder. And I'm just looking at him going, that guy could almost immediately make you a better basketball team if you have him on your bench and in your rotation. But because everybody's trying to hit a home run, you got all these one and dones, you got the Euros. It's it, it's it's a really odd the NBA the way the NBA scours for talent it's very hit and miss and that's one of the reasons why Mark Cuban and and Donnie Nelson were poo poo in the draft for a while and I, I did a column several years ago with Donnie talking about that and he said we don't want to be babysitters you know and 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 bring these guys along and and the other feeling was just what you said they felt like we'll just wait three or four years for these guys to develop a little bit and then we'll sign them like Chandler Parsons absolutely they, they passed on Chandler Parsons they missed on Jimmy Butler they could have had Jimmy Butler. Well, they could have that. had the Greek freak too, right? You know that. So they, there have been mistakes made. There's no question about that. But I, I think that they they got themselves in this position. Basically I wish we had the Greek freak here. He would, I'm, I'm great with that. Giannis, be awesome. Attending Kumpo, because maybe they'd like have Saganaki at American Airlines. <laughs> I knew there was an ulterior motive here, other than basketball. They do have Pizza Hut. No, they, there is that. No, they're a sponsor. No. We need better Greek food in Dallas. I've decided. Yeah, we you know they got Zizekis right next to next door. You don't like that? It's too upscale Greek. I need a guy yelling at me. Oh, oh, there you go. Well, Barry's not here today, so (laughs) I said yelling, not Uh, whining. Oh, I see. I see. No Barry Horn today. Is he back from Alaska yet? 
Uh, Are they locked in ice? (laughs) Barry, so we should tell people that Barry is in Alaska, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, On a cruise. Hunting caribou. You know, Barry posted a picture on Facebook the other day of the of the ladies, his wife, and I guess mm-hmm. they're with another couple. Yeah, they are. And they were out. The vines. The, they were out looking at the glacier, and Barry Barry's comment on Facebook was basically that he's back in the room because it was too cold. Too cold. Um, he's back in the room looking at Facebook, <laughs> and nothing could be truer, could it? No, I've, of course that's what happened. You know, when he said anything that requires any. I, and I mean any physical exertion of any sort, Barry has no interest Even in Even if that. it's one of the most majestic places on this side of Earth in Alaska. He'll look through the porthole. But, yeah. And let, let's just be clear here. You are Barry's closest friend. <laughs> yeah. In the business. One of them. Yeah. One of them. Yeah. Um, and yeah, he would not. No, no. It's, it's, the whole thing is. I have ice in the freezer. The, world biggest, the world's biggest <laughs> sham that he has decided to do this. And obviously, this was completely Sharon's call. There's ice in the freezer. Yeah. What do I need to go see a glacier for? <laughs> You're kind of tuning up him a little bit. We really we really turn Yiddish on this particular. It's okay. Well, it is of, July. It is July. It's actually July 3rd. Tomorrow's July 4th. What are you guys doing for the holiday? The high holiday of uh, July Fourth. Hey, July Fourth is probably my favorite, uh, my favorite day of the year. To be honest with is you, is it really? Yeah, the grilling. I, I love the grilling aspect of it. I, you know, as a something of a history buff, I love the the history of it. Um, it's so weird that when I was eleven, it was bicentennial year. They took us to see seventeen seventy six, which was a musical, but then turned into a movie. Um, and so it's become like one of my all-time favorite movies. Uh, I just love the whole holiday. What, what are you doing? Oh, sleeping in. We don't really know what we're doing. Just hanging out. Sean, <laughs> look, Kevin's got it nailed. Yeah, I have to do go. a post-game show tonight, and tomorrow our station's doing nothing but uh, classic programming. So we have a full day off. So on you're going to sleep. So I'm going to sleep, man. I get up at 3.30 damn near every morning, oh, and I'm going to sleep. That and, is you so know, brutal. tonight I think they're doing fireworks uh, uh, at a softball field near the house. We can see them from our uh, driveway, cool. which is really cool. And, I don't, that's, uh, I don't understand. that's the other thing I don't understand. So this is, as we speak here, it's July 3rd. This, this bothers me. That uh, and we do have you know the the blast on the bridge here mm-hmm. at the Margaret Hunt Bridge. Are they going to blow up the bridge? Um, yes. They are. <laughs> wow! But I think it's, it's a little a, excessive. It's for apparently a great firework July. show, but it's it's on July third. Yeah. And then, dude, that's every uh, in Kaboom Town, Addison, yes, Kaboom Town, July third. Also, you, you go all over the area. It's it's all happening on the third. Why are we not doing it on the fourth? Because people have to work the next. They day. want to. They want to be off on, on yeah. the fourth. Some too. people are having a four day weekend this week. There you go. And you know they want to be able to. In, People like to drink, Evan. That's it's, that's what this holiday like. Yeah, the history, the grilling. America drink. You get you you it give America a holiday. Drinking, it's a it's people are gonna drink. It's so are you gonna grill on. out? Well, of course. What will you grill? Well, we go tradition. Like you know, yesterday, I grilled out salmon on a cedar plank mm. right. and uh, Copper River salmon. By the way, damn. And then you got this Copper River season's old is over, man. You no, got, no, no. We got it. At, we got it at Central Market. Did did Barry ship it to you? No, Barry did not ship it to. Me. <laughs> But we did that. Has Barry ever fished? No. <laughs> yes. No. He went to the store and he yeah, said, yeah. give me that mahi-mahi. That's right. And no, we'll just do burgers and dogs. But yesterday, speaking of Kaboom Town, a Skyrider came over right, very close to our house and we saw it and he was spelling out Kaboom. 
Wow. And, and then he was bored, and he started doing other little things as well. Some of them that's seen, I think. Mm-hmm. But anyway. Will you grill out? Uh, the wife is a vegetarian, so probably not. But we'll cook. Carrots? You we'll can put cook. carrots Yeah, you there. can. But look, it, oh. it's, it's a hill I don't want to die on. Okay. You know, All right. if she wants to, if she wants to make some veggie dogs, sure, I'll we'll, I'll put some brats on the grill for me. And maybe we will grill out. We'll we'll hang by the pool during the day, and then we will grill out. I'll I'll do again. I I want to go traditional on July fourth, so I, we do burgers and hot dogs. Swimming will happen. That that there will be will swimming. Um, Gina has invited both of our mothers. Oh um, no, mm. I'm so sorry to hear that. <laughs> Do they get along? Yeah, they get along fine with each other. It's with us. Yeah. <laughs> they don't get along. Yeah. Who cares if they get along with each other? Um, but no, that'll be that'll be um, fun. Yeah. Uh, no, it, it it'll be good to have to have moms there and 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 um, cook out for them, and then hopefully we will go see some fireworks somewhere. Or if you want to skip fireworks, go to a movie. Go see Baby Driver. Saw Baby Driver last week. It's you know, one of the best summer action films I've seen in a long time. I always love a summer. You know, I, I lower my standards for the sure. summer. And uh, and but here's the thing. You know, and I love reading The New Yorker. I didn't know your standards could get lower. Oh, I know. But Anthony Lane, who writes for The New Yorker, who by the way is is a terrific writer. I love reading his stuff. But he liked Baby Driver. It's fantastic. And he's very particular about the stuff he likes. All right, bringing back to July Fourth. Now you yeah. just mentioned The New Yorker. The New York Times last week did. Their comprehensive ratings of hot dogs. Really? Yes. So, what hot dog will you brand will you be cooking out? You know, I'm a big ballpark Frank's guy. They came up last in theirs. Wow! If I you mean, were, if, when you go for the wiener, I go for brats more so. I, more I so than the wiener. <laughs> I try not to go for the wiener if, if if I have my druthers, but sometimes circumstances wow. mean you have to wow. to pick out a wiener. Come uh, on, man! I think Hebrew National's good. Yes, Nathan's Hebrew. Na- I, I believe Hebrew National ranks number one. It did rank number one in the New York Times. Hebrew National. He- Hebrew National. <laughs> I said Hebrew. I do like the Earl Campbell's Hot Link. I will. I will buy those if they're That's at the store. Right. The They're Hebrew Nationals good. rank number one in the New York Times. Nathan's rank. I oh, think, let me third. ask. Let me ask you a question. What do you feel like is the uh, ethnic uh, judging panel there? The New York Times. <laughs> Uh, or I think we're getting into an area you don't want to go to. Um, oh, Hebrew Nationalist, number one in the New York Times. Oh, sure. They answer to a higher Kansas authority. Kansas City Star, ask them who they didn't I, have number one. Here's But if, and if you ever get a chance and you can find uh, Post Oak Red Hots, Brian Lusher's hot Oh, yeah, those are fantastic. Here in town. They are yeah, fantastic. Where can you find them? I think sometimes he sells them. Uh, out of the grape, and and sometimes he sells them uh, through out of the grape because the Deep Ellen yeah. store closed. He owns the grape. I did not know that. Yeah, he owns mm. the grape. But, so you can uh, just go in there and say, "Give me a pack of dogs." I, I I don't know how he does it, but he's had it in a couple of Whole Foods uh, uh, really grocery stores as well. Yeah, he he does sell them occasionally locally, and they are they are fantastic. And he had Lusher's Red Hots and Deep Ellum, and unfortunately that yeah. didn't, that didn't Damn last. It. But yeah, that was really good. We went there a couple of times too. Yeah, it was. I I. I thought those hot dogs were Speaking fabulous. Speaking of Deep Ellum, and I've known this for a while, but I finally went to Pecan Lodge for the first time in months. There's an Emporium Pies right next door. Yeah. And that is my two favorite things, sharing space. You're, I didn't realize they were next door. There's one in uh, right Bishop Arts. Yeah, Bishop the one in Bishop Arts is fantastic. They put one right next door to Pecan Lodge, wow. which is dangerous not only for my pocketbook, but also for my, my belt line. Yeah, there you go. Oh, well. 
All right. I enjoyed the food talk at the end of this uh, Mavericks discussion. But we that, can always talk food. That just underlines what the Mavericks are not doing this That's summer. That's exactly right. But what, so, uh, what they can do is they can bring in good, better food to American Airlines. They absolutely so. can. But, uh, well, that'll do it for us. Thanks to everybody uh, tuning into this uh, this food, Mavs, NBA free agency combo discussion. We definitely appreciate it. We're also going to talk some Rangers this week on Ballsy, so be sure to download that. For Kevin and Evan and for Tommy making us sound good, I'm Sean Bass, and we'll talk to you down the road. Thanks for listening to the Ballsy with a Z podcast. Don't forget to subscribe via iTunes. You'll get new episodes every week. And follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Until next time, sports fans, see you.